What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the best pure Ever MMA podcast of all year because couldn't be any more proud of the regional scene at CES. All the fighters did such an amazing job last night, and the energy's back. Going through Corona, going through everything that we've had to go through, being stuck for so long. It was my first time back at event and at the Connecticut Convention Center. Went in there and said, guys, Steve Valetti. They literally gave me my press card, which says Evil Eddie. Even came in an envelope that said Evil Eddie. So uh, it just felt good to be back. We had people like Eddie George come up to me as he was, after he won his big fight, he was walking away. And I put this all on my Snapchat as well for you guys. But between him and Yuri, I tweeted out right before I got there how Yuri was going to be the next big thing. Sorry if the music was so loud. But CES 67 was also chaos. Non-stop chaos. And not the good kind of chaos. I made a lot of amazing connections. Uh, I got this shirt and a pre-rolled CBD last night from, let's see what this guy's name was. Really, really nice guy. Uh, what is it here? Planet Hank. So shout out to Planet Hank, he gave me a rolled up CBD, which I got right here. I'm gonna light it up and uh, try it out because I've never actually smoked CBD before. You know, I like smoking my weed, got a half ounce over there, and you know, it's just one of my favorite things. And now that the times are changing, it's actually wild to look at and see, you know, grandmothers legally taking it. And so shout out to my boy, right here because this shirt is actually really comfortable it goes good with the media jacket so shout out to planet hank and his pre-roll we got the scan here and uh, i'll give his link down below but guys 2022 let's give it up for the year 2022 because it's breaking a lot of boundaries we're seeing a lot of new faces we're seeing a new side of mixed martial arts. There's an energy, there's more personality, uh, especially at these regional shows, guys. I keep telling you, you know, if the UFC and if the UFC ever comes around, not only is it an expensive ticket, but at the same time, uh, I'd rather go to a regional show. And here, here's why. Because when you go to a regional show, you get to meet people over the years. And I've seen so many people on the come up. And last night, I mean, you know, Nick Newell, I've seen uh, Justin Sumner, I've seen uh, William Knight, I've seen Andre Yule, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, um, Kobe Covington, Curtis Blades, I interviewed years ago as well. Shout out to Cage Side Submissions and my boy Steve, who now works for A2D. Quick shout out to him. And, uh, and it cheers to everybody because this year finally feels alive. It was great being back in that event, but there was a downside to it all. So CES versus UFC Columbus is coming at you on this episode of Pure Evil MMA. I want to give a shout out to everyone. We went from 3.05 to 3.15. 
subscribers here on YouTube. And as you know, I'm listed at the top 40 podcasters in mixed martial arts. So coming back on the YouTube scene, uh, I couldn't be happier because uh, it just says that men are getting better looking with the age. No, but uh, you guys deserve something different. And I'm back to give you that because I did not feel like myself when I was not with you guys. So moment of silence to that right there. And a moment of silence for everyone who suffered at CES 67 as they had objects thrown at them at the post main event. Now we're going to get into all that. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. And obviously iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. We're there. And it's our year, guys. So let's head into it. CVS. You wouldn't want to see this at CVS, to be honest with you guys. But last night at CES 67, my first time back, it was a mob lynch. Everyone was going crazy. And I'm talking about like something I've never seen before. So after the main event where we saw Billy Goff, who moved to 7-2, and two, after beating Justin Suppner, who's actually been here at the Pure Evil MMA studio. You know, amazing fight too. Justin came out, first round, absolutely annihilated Billy Goff. You can watch the replays on my, on my Snapchat. But then, after that, and here's what's messed up, guys. Here's something that you guys may never see. Because you're sitting at home and you're watching the fights. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So what promotions usually do is they'll get a big name. Somebody like a John Gotti. Somebody who really doesn't have a professional career, but they're trying to get a name off of. Somebody like uh, you know, a post-UFC uh, fighter that is having a, that fell on hard times. And he's going to be fighting for this regional promotion to get his name back up in there. Well, at CES 67, the one who sold the most tickets was in ever broadcasted to anybody. There's a deep story that goes back. It was Ron Marshall, who was one in three at the time. And then you had Marcos Papas. Now, keep in mind, these are these are older guys. Let me see if I can bring you to Tapology here. Because I'm sure you guys would actually like to see that. So let's let's do that for you guys here. Instead of showing you lynch mobs. And if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes or uh, Spotify, which we've been getting a lot of views on Spotify lately, make sure to go over to YouTube, and you can find out whenever Pure Evil MMA is going live. Because as a Gonzo journalist, I don't, I, I have such a hard time making plans 
But, uh, you know, these fighters inspire me. And last night, this was kind of messed up. We had Ron Marshall, after the main event, go up against Marcos Papas. All right? Now, let's take a look at Marcos Papas. He was 0-0 going in here as a pro fighter. All right? Speedy Marcos Papas. Everyone was wearing his shirt, fighting out of my hometown of New Haven, Connecticut. And I believe he was just getting out of jail or getting out of the service. I mean, those are two wildly different things, I know. But he's the one behind the scenes that sold the most tickets on the entire card. Now, the fight was called off very early on. Very, very early on. It was a key, uh, TKO, KO, corner stoppage at 3 minutes and 24 seconds of round number one. Now, Marcos was actually doing pretty good opening up in the round, and then he just got cracked, and you could tell in a fighter's eyes when they're not there anymore. And let me take a look at how old he is here, because it, it being a post-slim, of course, fighters are going to be upset. So this is, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. It doesn't have an age, but I believe he was about 40 or... You know, in, in his late 40s, his opponent being, let's check his opponent's age out because he actually looked pretty old himself, but also has four fights on his record as of now. Ron Marshall, let's see, uh, 1987, man, he's two years older than me. So in a way, how is that fair? The guy's 35 years old, uh, now he's on a one-fight win streak. But he was 1-3 coming into this fight. I mean, he sold all these tickets and hyped this card up. You guys don't understand how frustrating that could be. Sitting there, cage side at an event. And now CES, if there's one thing I can nag at, it's that CES has recently put us further back. CES has recently put us further back than normal. So it's very hard, it's very difficult to see. Imagine being a judge and trying to give out live uh, information, trying to see every move, trying to give you the best, um, you know, a journalist has to be right up in the action to be there for you to, to promote what's going on. Because when an event happens, these guys work so hard, we need to be up there and witness the art. It's like, it's like seeing a beautiful masterpiece from uh, uh, 30 yards away. And I'm, I'm not sure if CES is aware of the art of MMA. Be and here's my reason. I feel like a lot of the media members out there, I can name a couple of them. I shout them out all the time that are amazing. Like Nolan King, James Lynch. Uh, there, there's a number of them. But there's some of these guys that do it to, that really have no life. They want to be friends with the fighters. They figure out a way to get in contact with them because they're going to all these regional events. They made a Facebook page and they were taught how to podcast by somebody. And I'm talking about one person right here, which goes back four years. Stephen Domenico, I saw last night. And if you guys don't know the drama with me and Stephen Domenico, the guy is such a crybaby. Looking for drama, wants to be friends with all the fighters. Last night, I ran into somebody who I actually helped bring up in the MMA world. To me, being a journalist, 
there's an art, there's a passion behind it. There's a lot of fake people in that world. You can see it in the YouTube world. You could see it in the, in the, in the, really in the YouTube world, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, making themselves to be like somebody almost, you know, making funny tweets or doing these God awful interviews that sound like the same old cookie cutter. They have no presence to them. They are completely fake. They don't give you the best of the best. They're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it for the, the meaning of life and trying to highlight the beauty of every single event that they attend. They're doing it to become friends with these regional fighters. They throw tantrums. If one of the one of the regional fighters isn't treating them well or said something over social media. And, and, and this is coming from a media member whose job is to, how can I get as many clicks as I can? Well, oh, I can, I can cause some drama. I can make some drama. I can make a couple of memes that might make people laugh after seeing somebody get knocked out brutally. Even last night, the lynch mom. I mean, pe people are, are, are just crazy. I even uh, took footage of the lynch mob that I posted up on Twitter, but that's what people want, right? They want the drum, they want this and that. But when you see them face to face, when you see them person to person, they can't handle it. They don't know what to do. They panic and they walk away. And it's really funny because as I was, so here's what happened. I ran into Steven Domenico. I was walking along the side to catch a couple of the fighters that are walking out to help promote CES. Happy to be there. My artistic level is as high as it could be. I'm there witnessing the beauty, living in the moment. I see Steve, Steve Domenico and our beef back in the day came from, now listen to this, our beef back in the day literally came from, this is going to blow your mind. This is going to sound like some schoolyard nonsense, like little boy stuff. He was upset that I interviewed Joe Janetti after Joe Janetti and him didn't get along. As if I wasn't going to cover a big story. As if that had anything to do with me. As if I didn't make arrangements with this person weeks ago. As if I didn't deliver an amazing interview. As if the interview had anything to even do with you. You let it infect your brain. You let it bother you. And then you tried to go online and call me names and try to set up, check this out, to raise himself, his own clout, instead of just meeting me, like I asked for, he wanted to set up all this shit. I said, you know what, fine, let's do that. We can do that. I'm not doing that for free. I'm gonna need to get trained and then whatever money we make, we can give it to charity. But I don't have money for this. I'm doing this out of my passion, out of the love of my heart. To highlight the beauty in these years. And now I'm dealing with a group of people, a group of media members 
from, from the same area. And it's so comedic to see because everybody says it. And then you, when you see it in person, you're like, wow, these are children. Guys, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about covering the event. It's about putting out the best content. It's about reaching inside of a fighter's mind to make him relatable when he's struggling in his career where he's given up everything. He sacrificed holidays or she sacrificed her child having to pay for daycare for longer instead of being there. These are people that are suffering brain damage and they're not getting promoted the way they should be getting promoted. And you're out here posting memes and trying to get clout and thinking you're funny. Bro, this is not funny. This is serious. This isn't, oh, let's do this out on social media, we'll get a bunch of likes. No, when you see me in person, let's settle it right there. You don't need people around. This isn't a fucking circus. This is real fucking life. This is real fucking life. You don't do that. And then when you see that person face to face and you make eye contact and you walk over to them and you say, come here and you make them step aside and you being the better man says, listen, that was four years ago. I want to do an interview with you to show people now, now that we're mature, especially, I mean, me hoping that he would be mature and that he grew as a journalist. And I said, I want to do an interview talking about how silly some drama in mixed martial arts is. And he goes, bro, I haven't watched your stuff in four years. I don't care if I ever see you ever again. And I went, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Weren't you calling me out for a fight? And he said, yeah, I was calling you out for a fight. I said, I'll fight you right now, right here. And what does he do? What do you think he did? When we were face to face. A keyboard warrior. Even, even one that makes fun of fighters. When you see them face to face, they have nothing to say. They walk away. And you know what I did when he walked away? I sat there just like this. I waited for him to get 20 feet away and looked back over, nervous, shaking his pants. And he did just that. And I was right here looking at him. And I went like this. Come here. He wouldn't come here. So I walked up to him. He said, what are you, media here? You haven't seen me at other events? I said, no, I haven't. But I'm here now, and I'm trying to put water under the bridge. Or we can fight. And what does he do? Slithers away. Slithers away. Now, after the event, what do I do? I come down the escalator. I see him sitting there with his new friend. Because remember, some journalists aren't in it for the art, for the passion, to highlight the beauty. Some fighters are in it because they're, they're lonely. They're old. 
They don't really, they have nothing to offer. Their questions aren't deep. They're always recycled. Now, I get to the bottom of the escalator, and I see Stephen Domenico right there with somebody that he just did an interview with. Now, um, there's a difference between being a jerk and, and sending out memes and, you know, working really hard at that. Because for some people, it makes them feel alive, make, them, make you feel alive to bully, then make, make you feel alive to talk shit about fighters, but then see them in real life, have nothing to say, and make a facade over it. Because re remember, it's internet reality. It isn't reality. It's not the city life. It's not New Haven, Connecticut. It's not that, bro. It's not that, bro. Apparently. Apparently, you're also a fan of written productions like the WWE then. Because when you see somebody face-to-face -face and you have a beef over it, you talk about that. You talk about that, you discuss that. Like a man. And what did you do? You fucking quit. You threw in your towel. Now, according to the fans there, when you throw in the towel, you get the lynch mob. You get the lynch mob. I don't care about people being there. I don't care about raising money for charity. If you're talking shit about somebody and you see them face to face, you don't run away. You don't make a fool of yourself. See right through you. You could see right through you. I've seen this all before. We've seen this act all before. You're nothing but a, repli a replaceable journalist. Let's face it. If you went away, no one would miss you. You don't do it for the right reasons. You are a fake. You're a phony, Steve Domenico. You have no balls. And you want to cover mixed martial arts like it's the WWE. And it's not. This is real life. This is real time shit. Justin Sumner going in there last night. Going through his journey. Getting on to Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Nick Newell. I can, I can go through the list of fighters if you want. Joe Janetti. Doing the best that he could on the Ultimate Fighter. And I've seen the screenshots. And this is how fake you are. I've seen the screenshots. Of you going, Joe, even though I'm giving you beef, now that you're on the ultimate fighter, I kind of want to just put that under under us. Oh, that's weird. Because you're mad at me, not for doing anything personal to you, but for doing an interview with Joe Janetti. Isn't that why you sent him a message like that? You're fake. You're not real. I'm not the only person who said this about you. It's not the first time I've heard it. It's not the first time you've heard this in your life before your Facebook MMA journey.
You have no credentials besides being lonely, besides wanting to feel important. It's not about that. It's about maturing. It's about looking at these fighters going through what they're going through. Look at Mike Kimball back on the CES card last night. This is a kid that was on top of the freaking world just two years ago, two, three years ago, going into Bellator. And what happens at Bellator? He gets an insane knockout in the first couple of seconds of his fight. Now, this is another reason to go to regional fights because you see the come up of it and it's beautiful. You're watching something blossom. You're watching these kids go in there and give it their all and they're making the biggest sacrifices that you or me may never make. Because what happens when you get to Michael Bisping's age? What happens when you're even Justin Sumner's age? What happens when you're Joe Giannetti's age? It's harder to get into the UFC. It's harder to get back in the UFC than it is to get in. And there's a reality there. After each loss, we watch these fighters from fight to fight, from bout to bout, 13 fights in a card sometimes. And if you follow their journey, look at Ian Hynish going to jail, turning his life around. After he was on the run from the law. Are you learning anything from this? Or do you just think this is a joke? Because if it's a joke for you, then have fun. If that makes you happy, it doesn't bother me, bro. But be fucking real, dude. If you're in the business of talking shit, get ready to throw it. Not over the keyboard, but face to face. And you do not slither away three fucking times. You just don't do it. Between seeing that and then seeing the crowd last night. Now, for promotions out there, you know, you see it a lot in regional promotions. I was just talking about this. They need to fill the place up. You see it at Cage Titans. You see it at Cage Warriors. You see it at CES. You, see, you even see it at Bellator. Usually at Bellator... They'll have fights afterwards because they need to fill the arena. Now, that's what happened last night with Marcos Papas and uh, who do we got here? And I watched fans deliberately grab their drinks and throw it. Literally throw it. Let me see. Where's my phone at here? Let me show you guys something. I got this. You know what? I have it on my Twitter. I believe. Let's go to my Twitter. Let's check this out. Oh, man. Last night was a duty, and it was one hell of a night to be back in mixed martial arts covering the sport. Because it's just, they're, they're so, it's just insane. It's just absolutely insane. People, some people are delusional. Here we go, guys. Here it is. Here to say a couple of words. Oh! 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 O
So what you're hearing right now, I was just able to capture after, I believe it was like 16 drinks were being thrown after the towel was thrown in there. Now, in just a second, if you're watching here on the video cast at youtube.com slash MMA, you're going to see a couple drinks flying here. There's one. Now, these, these beers, guys, are like $8, $9. So you really got to be committed. You got to really be upset about this, right? There's another one. Now you have, oh, and there's the third one, which looks like somebody brought a bottle of milk straight up to CES waiting for this moment. So for anyone, like, this is definitely why they don't sell glass anymore. I just wish I saw like a chicken wing or something fly in there because I remember going to a CES event at the Twin Rivers Casino and I felt disgusted because as I was walking in, I was thinking, man, these fighters have cut weight all night. Their nerves are bugging them out. And now all they're smelling is KFC. That's just kind of disgusting. And then you have these people booing you. And then you have it covered all over you. Now, this was the very last event that sold all the tickets. So let me rewind just a little bit here because this is crazy. One, two, look at that. <laughs> They're like, speedy is good. Guys, and here, here's the other thing that kind of, it's like, don't do that. Don't do that at an event. I understand you're upset. It is messed up that, why wouldn't you put that card, that fight, on TV, we bought all of this, all of these tickets. He did such a, a hard time training. The beauty inside of that, and you seeing that. You know, one, one of the most fascinating things that you have to try to figure out is, why am I making the next action that I'm making? And for what reason? And this is just kind of explainable. But you're covering, and keep in mind, Robin Black used to do commentating for this. So it would be him in there. Uh, Jimmy Birchfield, he's, he's an older gentleman. I understand it, but it's disgusting to see. Uh, this goes back to, who was it? Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick? What the hell was his name? Where I just picture him hiding under the desk next to Michael Bisbing. Just all, I think it was in UFC Mexico. What was it? It was Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Jeremy Stevenson? Is that what it was? I believe that was uh, what it was. But guys, this just isn't a, a good look for us, for mixed martial arts fans. But if you've never been to an event, this is how things can get. Think about Jose Aldo going in there against Conor McGregor and the buildup for that. Habib versus Conor McGregor and the violence, the videos that we saw afterwards of people just getting to these, they're fighting for their country. They feel like it has some actual meaning. And if you guys ever seen a Bronx tale, there's a very famous scene next to, there's nothing worse in this world than wasted talent. But there's another scene where Collagio 
as a kid, he's looking up to Mickey Mantle. He loves Mickey Mantle. It's the one thing in his life that he feels gives him, gives him purpose. And Sonny, the head of the mafia, in this kid's block, tells him, shatters his reality. And this has happened to a lot of us. Tells him, yeah, what does is, what is Joe DiMaggio care about you? What has Joe DiMaggio done for you in a while? And the kid sits there and you think Claudio thinks about it. Nothing. He's done nothing for me. He's done nothing for me. So it's, 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 oh, I forgot where I was going with that. But in, in comparison, it's just like, we, we, we forget. We forget sometimes what's reality, what's important, what makes us a better person. And last night at CES, I saw a lot of my friends, and shout out to Yuri, who I tweeted out earlier off in the night, Eddie George, getting the majority decision. Uh, Mike Kimball, round one, three minutes and four seconds, mounted guillotine choke, getting that submission done. Now Mike's on four and three, and you think about his career, I think I was just uh, talking about Mike Kimball, and I'm going to be trying to get him back on the show. You know, this is a kid we saw in Bellator get a very early knockout. His career started shining. This is right when iPhone X came out. And I did a Gonzo MMA um, journalism review where you guys got to see what it's like to be on press row and see behind the scenes. Now, as I'm walking in there, they're playing Suicide Boys. They're playing Little Peep. They're like, I, I was like, this is insane. Whoever is DJing this is awesome. I'm sitting right there. We had we had Iggy as the photographer. Um, an amazing event. Ammo Fight League. So I did Bill Vigil. Um, now, I'm sitting there. I look behind me. There, there's Mike Kimball coming off the biggest win of his life. And I literally saw his iPhone X, brand new iPhone X, getting blown up with tweets. He was going to be the next big thing. These careers are so important. Every fight is so important. Every win, every loss is so important. And it's about learning from your losses. That's what this MMA journalism is. Everything is not a joke. This isn't a cartoon. There's such a deeper meaning that us as journalists are trying to make. Look at Cain Velasquez. Look at Cain Velasquez. Somebody molested his daughter or his four-year-old son. This isn't just a fight game. You do something real and I find you, it's, it's done. It's done. And for Steven Domenico, bro, you're nothing but a fucking bitch. You're nothing, you're nothing but. And if you see me again, do something, please. I'm sick of this internet nonsense. And it's something that we promote, this and that, but it's, it's just it's just nonsense, guys. It's just nonsense. And there's a lot of these fake cookie-cutter journalists out there. Be smart about who you pick, about who you follow, what their intentions are, what they've been through, what they're learning, what they're teaching you. So uh, let's move on here. 
UFC Columbus went down last weekend. And I know it took me a minute to do my update for everybody. But I'm telling you guys right now, UFC Columbus was one of the craziest cards I've seen. Because, you know, going into this fight for that main event, Curtis Blades, who, you know, is at the top of the division. He's another guy... He's another guy that he's only lost. What is going on here? What the hell just happened there? I'm sorry about that for everybody. Here, let's get into uh, let's get into it. So UFC Columbia. Let's bring that up on Tapology. And they also have the card. Up for everybody right here. Curtis Blades going up against Chris Dawkins. Now, coming into this, you know, Curtis Blades, he's only lost to, what, Francis Ngannou. I mean, the best of the best. I interviewed this guy about six years ago when he just got into the UFC. And he first originally lost to Francis Ngannou. Now, seeing that second fight, you know, Absolutely heartbreaking, which was something I was about to bring up before. You know, when you're sitting there cage side, right? You're sitting there cage side and you're seeing the family members, the brothers, the sisters, and everybody that's there to support like their loved ones. It's just so sad when they're covering up their eyes, they start crying. Man, there it's just the reality of this. Is, it's just too much, which I wish you guys would understand. Curtis Blades has put it in his sweat and his tears. And at that moment when he lost to Francis, he thought his career was over. Now, as I watched Chris's latest UFC fights coming back from the last couple of years, UFC Columbus, I was like, wow, this guy is a powerhouse. He literally stands in there and bangs it. And his accuracy is really something else. Something that you really got to put to the side and say, the second that he lands, lights out. Lights are absolutely out for Chris Dawkins. But the way he was ranked, I think he was ranked number eight. And he's going up against Curtis Blades, who really should be you know, up for the next title. You had Stipe there waiting to see who was going to win. This was a bad, this was a very, very bad pick for uh, Chris Dawkins' uh, manager because thinking that he could take on Curtis Blades, you know, his last couple of fights, man, they were brutal. He caught guys, as soon as they got clipped, they were in slow motion. Literally, they were in slow motion. He was on a, let's see, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five fight win streak. Five fight win streak. Last time he lost was in 2019. And a lot of his fights have gone to the second round, let alone the first. You know, being up Parker Porter, round one, four minutes to 28 seconds via punches and knees, KO. Uh, beating Rodrigo Nascimento. What the hell is that? I'm 45 seconds of round one. Uh, Olenek. Oleski Olenek. Beating him. That's such a... Because people wanted to see what could he do 
on the ground. What was he capable of? And he showed everybody what he was capable of. But this was not the right fight for him to pick at all. It's, it's kind of sad because out of that heavyweight division, there, there's just so many other options. Now I'm trying to actually find a page for you guys. And I think, I think this is it. Nope, CES, the Bleeds photo. All right. Sorry for anybody listening to the podcast right now. But, you know, Dawkins, he wasn't really ranked that high. And then getting a win in 2021 once again over Shamil. I mean, that right cross to ground strikes where he it seemed like he didn't want to finish the fight because he was like, dude, this dude's out. This is going to put damage to his brain for the rest of his life. I'm landing elbows clean. You know, I thought that it was a very accurate striker. Curtis Blades wasn't even trying to wrestle with him. Curtis Blades has been in this business for so long. He's seen plenty of fighters that have gone out there and have tried to do the same exact thing that Dawkins was going out there to try to do. Now, Curtis, the Razor Blades man, you got to be an argument that he's got to be next in line for the title. I mean, you got tied to Avasa as well, who was calling out Stipe on the MMA hour. Now, it looks like Curtis has not faced Stipe Miocic. And I think it would be a much better fight for Stipe to step back in there and go against Stipe Miocic. It's about time. It's about time. Curtis Blades was telling uh, Chris, you know, go to 205. Not everyone is a heavyweight, but I got to disagree with that man. I think he needs to be a little bit stronger with his striking. So uh, what do we do now for Chris Dukakis? So Chris Dukakis, man, I mean, that's a that's a pretty pretty big jump going in there facing Curtis Blades. So I want to know from you guys, who do you think Chris should take next? Because that was a pretty brutal knockout, if you ask me. Now for Curtis Blades, on the other hand, this man has been working. He's now on a two-fight win streak. His last loss was to Derek Lewis, so it's like, should he fight Tai Tuivasa? Because Tai Tuivasa is interested in Stipe, and we all know why. And if you don't know why, I'll tell you. Because Stipe is only stepping in there when he wants a title fight. Time, time is moving. This is, this is the cycle. This is what happens, especially at the heavyweight division. And look at the heavyweight division now compared to the heavyweight division seven years ago, eight years ago. It's the same faces. We had, uh, you know, Roy Nelson in there. We, I, I mean, I don't want to have to go through everybody. Just the same faces. The same exact faces. Then we saw Derek Lewis come up. We saw Francis Ngannou come up. We saw Tai Tuivasa kind of shine. And then he even went on, a, a, I think, a three-fight losing streak. And look where he is now. I think a fight with Stipe would be a great fight. 
Would it be a smarter fight for him over fighting Curtis Blades, though? Now, I think... Well, I don't think I know, but Curtis Blades is a wrestler. Now, my former co-host, James McSweeney, who was on season 10 of The Ultimate Fighter, in their fight before Tai Tuivasa got signed to the UFC, he was bringing him down to the mat, seeing what he could do there. So I actually think that uh, that would be a great fight, but Curtis Blades versus Stipe, Tai Tuivasa versus Stipe, let me know what you guys think about that. And let's see some other fights on this card because this was this really was a great card for everybody. And if I had to really rate it, I mean, a lot of decisions, right? I feel like there was a lot of decisions going on in this event. A lot of, you know, for a free card, though, the way that this year's been going, we've been spoiled, right? We've been nothing but spoiled this entire year. So you can't really complain there, but Brian Barberina, Matt Brown, that was an amazing fight. You can't complain with that one, except Matt Brown losing via split decision. Um, obviously not a good thing because hometown fight going against Bam Bam, who I do believe won the fight. But Matt Brown, he, he brought it, man. He brought it. Uh, Kai Kara France beating uh, Askar Askarov via decision. Now, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the fight. And please correct me if I'm wrong. That's the fight where one judge scored it 30-27 for Kai Karafranc. Where am I mixing this up with uh, one of the fights last night? But before that, Neil Magny getting back in there and really showing everybody. You know, Max Griffin, he was on a couple fight win streak. Uh... Let's see, what do I got down here? Magny versus Max Griffin on a three-fight win streak. You know, Magny, he's always win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Client uh, 18-9. But, you know, Max going into this, man, he's such a warrior. And every time he shows up in the octagon, he gives more and more, shows more and more. He's got a lot more to him. But once again, and I'll, I'll say this for anyone who plays the UFC video games, these are the fights when you're trying to get a contract and they send you out a guy like, oh, uh, Nate Diaz is a possible opponent for your next. Uh, Damian Maya is a possible opponent for your next. Are you ready for their style? And, you know, with Neil Magny, man, especially with that third round, bro, uh, he, he literally, literally pile drive Max Griffin, which was very hard for me to watch but that's only because he's been on the show a bunch of times i would like to interview him i reached out to him it's not a good feeling they need a couple of days for sure um but great fight for uh brian barbarina great uh great fight for neil magny especially i mean where does neil magny go from here moving forward let's take a look at his last couple of fights because he's fought the who's who and now that he's 34 years old, you know, win-loss. Win-loss. Being Robbie Lawler. Being Anthony Rocco Martin. Being Jing Haling Ji uh, Lee. Losing to Santiago Ponzambibio back in 2018. 
beating Craig White, beating Carlos Condit back in 2017, losing to RDA, very hard fight, uh, losing to Lorenz Larkin, man, that's a name I miss hearing, but he has wins over Hector Lombard, Kelvin Gaslam, Eric Silva, um, let's see who else, Tim Means, you know, he's beating some of the best in the world, guys, and he's been doing this since 2010, when he was fighting for C3 fights, then going to Rumble Time promotions, then the Ultimate Fighter Season 16, guys. That's when we really started to see him shine. Up until his exhibition match against Mike Ritchie, but then getting the win at UFC 157, Ronda Rousey versus Liz Carmouche. Going on a two-fight losing streak. And it's so weird because when you see these fighters and you don't know what stage in their career that the UFC officials are looking at them as. Do they have potential to grow? Could they be a future uh, champion? And that's something I always keep in the back of my mind because a lot of these top five opponents you see go on a three-fight losing streak. Top tens. You're facing the best of the best in the world. And I think that's what it came down to. Neil Magny saw tons and tons of other Max Payne Griffins with almost 40 fights. He's 26 and 8. So shout out to the Haitian sensation who is Neil Magny. Now also Kai Kara France. Um that getting that decision, man. I mean, Asker Askarov 14 and 1. Next in line for the winner of Figgy Marino 4. Is that what you guys are thinking? Um because he's uh tweeting out, let's see who's the real god of war. Looking for a July fight. Now let's look at Kai Kara France's uh streak here. I actually have it on my other screen which is kind of unfortunate for you guys here. Car Care France, 24-9. Kid's only 29 years old, so usually in your prime. His last loss was to Brandon Royval back in 2020, but recently on a three-fight win streak, two of those wins uh, in first round. For that being Tyson Nam, losing to Brandon Marino. So, of course, that would be a huge, huge reason. Especially if Brandon wins in Mexico, I believe that's what uh, they're trying to they're trying to set up here. So, you know, other than Brandon Marino and Brandon Royval, we're going back to 2016 for his last losses. Now that fight that he had against Cody and Olov, I don't think anyone will forget. And that's another situation to look at. Look at the career and the beauty of the story. I have his book around here somewhere. Of Cody Nolov's come up. Even though he wasn't on season 22 of The Ultimate Fighter. He was in the UFC. Making a rise. And I'll never forget him beating uh, Thomas Almeida. I think it was uh, the night of Conor Diaz 2. I think. Uh, I was in Martha's Vineyard at the time. I th that was quite, quite some time ago actually now. That I think of it. But uh, Cody Garbrandt man. How everyone was rooting for him. Um, the little boy who had cancer, how um, Uriah Faber never got to beat Dominic Cruz. And seeing that video backstage of Uriah Faber crying in his arms, seeing Cody Nolove 
in that main event, trying to win the belt, not just for the little boy with cancer, to show if you put in the work, you could win, you can fight. But he gave us like times three of a Rocky story as Uriah Faber's in the corner who was never able to beat Dominic Cruz. Now remember, going back to, uh, what was it, WEC? Young Dominic Cruz. Then coming back, beating Uriah Faber. And then years later, they got into that big cat fight. And I believe uh, Uriah Faber retired after that. And then he came back, I think. My mind's foggy. I mean, there's just so many beautiful stories. But Cody Nolov, to see where he was back then, to see where he is now in 2021. I mean, he's he's kind of the stories of one of those guys that, I don't, I don't know if it was cockiness. I don't know what it was. And it's also weird for that gym, for Team Alpha Male. Because during that time and during the season of Ultimate Fighter, season 22, it really fell apart after TJ Dillashaw left. Dwayne Ludwig went in there, and man, everything fell apart. And Connor got the credit for calling that out, saw right through him. Like I was just talking about before with some MMA media members. You see right through a lot of people, and it's very sad. It's very sad, and they don't want to accept it. But the reality is there. But the reality is always there. So we'll see what goes on with that. If you guys want him to fight the winner of Figgy versus Marino 4, which is actually crazy that they're doing. Um, Mark Dia Casey coming back. Record of 15 and 5, getting a win over uh, Vyacheslav Borshev. But another story of a guy who came into the UFC early on. Right? Let's see how long ago he entered the UFC. All right, 2016. Wow, man, that goes way back. All right, so comes in the UFC, gets a round two win via punches at the Bisbing Henderson two fight. That was uh, the Henderson retirement fight. Remember that? Went all five rounds and it, that was that was a crazy fight and Bisbing ended up winning. Uh, being Frankie Perez, I mean, coming up, man, he, he was knocking people out in 30 seconds. Remember the interview with Dan Hardy? And uh, shout out to Dan Hardy for giving a pure evil MMA a file. Uh, follow on uh, on our Twitter page, man. That means a lot. Always uh, respected your work and understand that you have a different way of seeing not just the art of mixed martial arts, but the world itself. And a lot of people don't understand the whole reptilian thing. But uh, some people just don't have three eyes. So uh, thank you for that follow. But I'll, I'll never forget... DeCasey goes in there and he's like, man, I told you I'm going to go in there and I'm going to finish this man real quick. And he got 30 second knockout. Now, after that, he went on a three fight losing streak throughout uh, 2018 because he was taking on opponents like Drakkar Close, Dan Hooker and Nazrat Hackerast. Now, this is another situation that I keep bringing up throughout this episode. You have to be careful. You know, you, you might think. And this is kind of the place that Tai Tuivasa is. You know, you get a win over an amazing opponent. Almost, kind of, 
in the way of uh, Francis, you know, with the knockout of Overeem. Of course, you want the guy to fight next, but does he have wrestling skill? Uh, and that was a beautiful performance by Stipe Miocic uh, during that event. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's like the management thing. And I, I've heard Sean, Sugar Sean talk about this. You have to be smart about your fights. You got to think about the longevity. Your career is like trying to keep your parents alive. This is your lifeline. Like I said earlier, it's harder to get in, uh, back into the UFC than it is to get in, like I was discussing with Joe Gennetti. It really is. But we've seen it happen before with Rumble Johnson. We've seen it happen before with Andre Arlovsky. I don't want to see that happen to uh, Mark DeCasey. Then he goes in there, he gets a win over Joe Duffy. He gets a win over Lando, which Lando was another one going in there against... Uh, who did he go in there against? Tony Ferguson. Went in there against Tony Ferguson. Put on a show. Almost finished Tony Ferguson multiple times. Until Lando eventually lost. This was also around the time with Habib uh, almost losing to... Oh man, I can't think of this guy's name. Who got into the car accident. But oh, that's going to haunt me. I, I mentioned it a couple shows ago. But then he was just on a two-fight losing streak. 2020 and 2021. Uh, one via unanimous decision against Raphael Faziv, uh, and the second one lost via guillotine choke in round one against Rafael Vez. Now, getting this win via decision is huge, man. Because Mark DeCasey has what it takes to be a character who's also himself. But I do feel, and, and it happens a lot, when someone feels... A sense fall, uh, uh, I shouldn't say a false sense of ego because you work hard to get where you're at. But think of it as a samurai. Are you ready for this opponent? Because your life could be on the line. What do you do when you're out? What do you do when you're out of the UFC? What decisions are you going to make? Because you've committed your whole life to it. You're fighting for your life at points. You really are. Just like, who do we have on here? Not Sarah McMahon. We had uh, Alexa Grasso going against Jojo Wood. And Jojo, man, another amazing fighter who had everything going for her. She started getting better. She was win-loss, win-loss. You know... Beating Andrea Lee, beating uh, Lipke, <sighs> getting arm bars, getting split decisions. But she hasn't won since the beginning of 2021, Poirier McGregor. And now she's on a three-fight losing streak. She lost to Lauren Murphy, very tough opponent, via split decision in June of 2021. Lost to Talia Santos. In round one at 4 minutes, 49 seconds. And then to Alexa Grasso. Now, was Alexa Grasso the right person to pick for this fight? She was 13-3 and three on a three-fight win streak. Yeah, she was going to decisions. But, man, she got this rear naked choke in round one on JoJo. Beating Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Uh, she's only lost to Felice Herrick and Tatiana Sarez, who I also believe... Uh, will be the next champ so shout out to Tatiana 
But do you think it was a smart decision to go in there against Alexa Grasso, of all people? You know, you see this a lot in, in Columbus for, you know, UFC Columbus. Not UFC Columbus. What am I talking? You see this a lot in boxing. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. You see this a lot in boxing where you lose a fight, right? Let me get this off the screen for you guys. Sorry for people on the audio. Let's see. Bada bing, bada boom. What the heck is going on here? But in boxing, you lose a fight, right? And then what happens next? They match you up against some bum. You shouldn't really say a bum, but somebody that you're supposed to be able to beat. And for that opponent to also be able to make a name for themselves, because you're falling on hard times at this point. But nope, we didn't see that. We did not see that. I don't know how she thought she was gonna be able to win this fight. Um, being on a three fight losing streak is something that you see in MMA. But when you see it in the UFC, it's very hard to stomach. You may ask why. Because you're going to get the yellow slip. You're going to get the yellow card. How much are you worth? What are you putting in? How good are these fights? You know, especially with the females. Right now, things have been crazy in the UFC. I don't, I don't know how to really rate this card. Um, the main event really putting on for Curtis Blades, but... You know, as, as much as I was rooting for Chris to get the win over Curtis, in the back of my mind, you know, this is something we always battle, right? You battle your heart and you battle your mind. Your mind's usually right. You should never put your heart on a fighter. You got to put your mind there. And you got to really look into it. Some people can get lucky. But we all should have known Curtis Blades was going to win this fight. And he didn't even try to wrestle. So let me know what you guys rated this. Um, let's try to play matchmaker. Where do they go from here? All right. So did I write anything down for this? Did I do anything important for this? Or am I just going to have to go off the top of my head here? Hey, it looks like I didn't write anything down for this one. So let's have some fun. Oh, here we go. Next fight. Curtis Blades. All right, this is good. I actually did write it down and completely forgot about it. Because I've been trying to give you guys better and better episodes. 2022 is our year for the comeback. Top 40 MMA podcast on multiple sites. Last year I was absent. This year we're coming back. You guys need something different. I mean, you guys you guys need some realness in your life here. So I don't know why I keep pulling that up. But all right. Curtis Blades, who's 16 and 3 currently, versus Tom Aspinall next. What do you guys think about that fight? For an upcoming fight. For the UFC, Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. Because the heavyweight division is as exciting as ever right now. And it's something that really went stale for a couple of years. Um, Brian Barberina. Let's try to match him up against uh, Robbie Lawler. And see how he does against Robbie. Robbie's somebody that we love to root for. But ever since that 
Rory McDonald fight, ever since that Carlos Condit five five round <laughs> that five round war where they both put their hands up over the cage, an unforgettable moment, absolutely unforgettable moment, just hasn't been the same. But then you can look at guys like Glover Teixeira, who's been in brutal wars. And now look at him. He's the freaking champion. Look at uh, Charles Oliveira, uh, Kamaru Usman. Let's see what we have here for this division. All right. Let's see. What can we do with Barbarina and Robbie Lawler? Let's see what we got here. I mean, Bilal Muhammad, man, I can't wait to see what's going to be going on with him next as well. Man, this is this is pretty tough. I mean, just look at the, the bantamweight division. Number 15 is Hathiala Sunsau, guys. Number 15 is Hathiala Sunsau, a guy that we are usually used to seeing ranked number one or two. In that division, TJ Dillashaw still up at number two. Uh, Jose Aldo, number three. Corey Sandhagen, who's really proved himself. Rob Font up at number five. Uh, even Dominic Cruz still up at number seven. I mean, look at these divisions right now. Featherweight, Max Holloway still number one. Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, let's see who else is in there. Look at Bryce Mitchell. Top nine. I remember interviewing that kid when he was like 17, 18 years old. Rank number nine, Edson Barboza at 12. Shane Burgos. I got to get him back onto this podcast for sure. Without a freaking doubt. Wow. I mean, these divisions are absolutely freaking stacked. All right. Uh, Alexa Grasso. 14 and 3. Uh, put her in there against uh, Lauren Murphy, who apparently is ranked number 3. Which, yep, she is. Caitlin Chukagian uh, at number 2. Serve me wrong, but didn't Caitlin Chukagian get like the pink slip or something like that? I'm not, I don't really remember. Let me actually bring it up on here for you guys uh, UFC rankings. That way you guys can have a little more fun while watching the video cast. Hey, I know the trick around this though. You type this is unsafe. And that's the hack on Mac. Athlete rankings. Alright, let me make sure we're in here together. Alright, good. Alright, so Alexa Grasso. Yes, I will accept your cookies. <laughs> of course. You guys want some cookies? All right, let's check this out. What weight class is Grasso here? Grasso, Alexa Grasso. I must be blind. Grasso, number five, moving up four spots. Uh, Talia Santos moving up one. Jennifer Maya, down two. Andrea Lee still in here. Jojo Wood moving down three to rank number 10. And you guys can take these rankings with a grain of salt, but this actually sounds pretty accurate to me. Macy Barber, number 14, um, and Valentina at number one. Who's going to be the next one to take out Valentina Shevchenko? I mean, let's take a shot for Valentina Shevchenko here because, you know, years ago, we would look at other fighters like Ronda Rousey. 
And we would just think they are unbeatable. Nobody is ever going to be able to get past them. And then you see this. You see Roslama Hunez uh, become champion as well. So flyweight and for the women's pound for pound. Valentina Shevchenko is ranked number one over Amanda Nunes. Juliana Pena, pound for pound, check this out. Valentina Shevchenko, number number one. Amanda Nunes, number two. Uh, Thug Rose, number three. Juliana Pena, number four. Zhang Walid, number five. Jessica Andrade. Remember her come up and how exciting that one was? Number six. Holly Holm, number seven. Carla Esparza. Still out here doing her damn thing at number eight. Now, I, I would love to hear your guys' top five here. So, Rosna Mihunez, women's strawweight champion, and Valentina Shevchenko sitting pretty for the women's flyweight championship. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Rose versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, moving on, Kara France. Where do we go with Kai Kara France. Let's check out the weight division really quick. If I can find it. Got this on such a small. This is probably going to have to do a lot of editing. i tell you that. Kai Care France. Wasn't he just calling out? Where are they? What the heck? Where'd the division go? Oh, it's right here. All right, Kai Care France. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell is the flyweight division? They put them next to uh, the pound for pound. All right, so obviously, Figueroa, champion. Number one, Brandon Marino. Number two, Kai Care France, who moved up four spots, beating Askar Askarov, uh, Alexandri uh, Putonja, Alex Perez, Brandon Royval. I mean, Matt Schnell at number nine, Tim Elliott number eleven. I mean, these are guys' names that have been around forever. I'm telling you. Ever since Mighty Mouse left, man. I mean, it, I don't know if that was the smartest decision for him. I believe one had a had an event this past weekend. All right, who else we got in here? Welterweight, uh, Neil Magny versus Wonder Boy. Neil Magny versus Wonder Boy. What do you guys think about that for welterweight? We got Bilal Muhammad at number five, Vincente Luque, number four, Leon Edwards, number three, Gilbert Burns, number two, Kobe Covington, number one, Usman, sitting at champ. And you got Wonderboy Thompson, another guy who is on such a come-up. Neil Magny versus Wonderboy? Now, Neil Magny, I thought, where, where's Neil Magny on here? Ranked number nine. So above him is Sean Brady and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, below him, Michael Chiesa and uh, Kazmat. Below that, Jeff Neal. Ponzinibbio still hanging in at 14. Somebody that I really would love to see in the top five. Because that's where I thought he was headed. But good question for Neil Magny. I mean, you beat Max Griffin. I don't even think Max Griffin was actually ranked going in there against the number nine guy um I, I i don't understand that but he did do very well in the first round even knocked neil magny on his ass 
But uh, Neil Magny going up against uh, Wonder Boy at number six. I would love to see that. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Matt Brown, 41 years old. Hasn't had a, a finish. Or no, that, that can't be that can't be right. Only lost to the best, though. He really has. Matt Brown has really only lost to the best. Uh, Walter White champ is Usman versus number eight, Sean Brady or Bilal. Man, I really think Bilal can make a statement, but do you guys think Bilal has what it takes to become champion? Because I remember back in the day when he was fighting down in Florida. Oh, I can't remember. Not Cage Titans. What the hell is the name of the one in Florida? Oh, I'm drawing such a blank right now. But yeah, guys, let me know what you guys think is going to be next for uh, some of these fighters. Let's go to some of the top news. Not doing too good with that. Not doing too good with that at all. So some of the craziest things that have been happening this week, I've put under my bookmarks. So let's go to bookmarks on my Twitter. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-L. Here are some uh, highlights from last night from CES. Well, what else have I put in here? Okay, Nate Diaz. I would like to request to be released from the UFC Dana White. I apologize for asking online, but you don't give me a, a fight ASAP. I got shit to do. And that's the truth. But you know what? I don't think, I really just don't think that they would do that. You're not letting go, Nate Diaz. They've been putting this, this is really turning into Habib versus Tony now. Habib, not Habib, but Diaz going in there up against Dustin. Shouldn't be taking this long. You kind of got Conor McGregor out. Is Conor McGregor going to come back much stronger now? That he has a an iron leg. He's turned into RoboCop. So Nate Diaz tweeting that out for everybody. And uh, that's, that's something that you just don't do. Some people are responding here at Jellymane. Either he's getting released or they're about to throw Kazma his way. Nah, I don't think that would happen. Put some respect on Nate Diaz's name, Dana White. Release this man. Oof. I don't want to see him release. I want to see him treated the way he should be treated. It took years for Dana White to step up and say Nate Diaz is a number maker. What did I, what did I put here? I'm currently the only person sitting at the music at a music festival because I'm watching and covering UFC Columbus. Jeffrey Preed, let's watch this video. Damn. Oh, that that got quick. Look at that though. Damn. Yeah, where would you rather be, Invicta? Uh, Mac Malley. If a fighter points to the ground to try to bang with 10 seconds left. And his opponent shoots for a takedown. It should be an auto 10-8 round. Pretty sure that's in the Bible. 
So we're giving tweet of the week to Mac Mal. So congratulations to Mac Mal. If you're not following Mac Mal, he's definitely gonna be in my top five. I'm making a top five video coming very soon. A bunch of them actually, and one of them is going to be my top five people that you should be following on Twitter. Mac Malley is on my Mount Rushmore, hands down. So uh, make sure to follow him at Mac Malley MMA. That's M A C M A L L Y M M A. Look at that. If a fighter points to the ground to try to bang with 10 seconds left and his opponent shoots for a takedown, that's yeah, man. It should be an auto 10-8 round. Pretty sure that's in the Bible, guy. Bro, bro code. That's bro code right there. That's tweet of the week for uh, for Mac Molly. And uh, he's been doing some work for MMA On Point, one of my favorite uh, things to watch late at night. If you guys aren't fo uh, following MMA On Point, on on not just on Twitter, but on YouTube, you're really missing out. I'd really recommend it for... The newer viewers or the long long time viewers where you know they make some very interesting videos um and i i believe they stole an idea from me because i was tweeting out all week uh, a couple years ago guys this week is the week i'm coming out with uh the top mma conspiracies of all time three days later mma on point drops the video let's see what they got on here uh from kelvin yaslam Kelvin Gastelum says he's far from done after withdrawing from UFC 273 with an undisclosed injury. Um, and this is a quote from Kelvin Gastelum uh, via MMA on point. I wish it was an April Fool's joke. It's going to be worth the ride, guys. It's going to be one hell of a book once it's all done and finished. But I'm not done. Far from it. Kelvin Gastelum. That's a, that's a perfect quote from him here. Um, let's see. They also tweeted out, I mean, regardless of how the situation was handled, that knee was brutal, caught in 4K. Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, they put out some great content, guys. So make sure to go follow uh, MMA On Point and also Mac Molly. Mac Molly, who just uh, got the tweet of the week. Um, and then here's a picture of Stipe dressed in a belly shirt. And this is one of the greatest heavyweights or the heavy, the greatest heavyweight of all time. And also a tweet from Mac Mally. That's awesome. I don't blame Curtis Blades calling for an interim title fight with Cyril Gain. When this man is literally sitting right there. Yeah. And uh, Stipe was fired up that night. Here, here's another tweet from, from Mac Mally. Uh, pointing out Stipe, who was just hammered there in Ohio. MMA fans, where is Stipe? Fighters not calling him out is disrespectful as disrespectful as fuck. The UFC is doing him dirty. Stipe Miocic standing in the crowd. <laughs> just hammering drinks, bro. Former two-time UFC heavyweight champion. Still ranked number two. What is next for Stipe, guys? Gotta let me know. Also, Jetty Goodman will also be at the top here. And check this out. Neil Magny still wants to smoke with Kazmat Chumayev, who's been chilling a lot with, uh, man, 
Why am I drawing a blank? Darren Till. That would be a great fight. That's a fight I would like to see. That, that would be a, a fruitful fight because how far, how far Neil Magny has come over the years. That would be a great win for Kazmat. Don't rush it, bro. Don't rush it. You got a couple of very nice wins. You get this win over Neil Magny, who is a, who is a gatekeeper. I don't I don't see Neil Magny being champion anytime soon, or ever. But he's one of the best in the world, and that's not a disrespectful thing to say at all. And no matter how the cards could be played, that could happen. You can never write down the future. You'll never do it. Glover Teixeira being a case. Michael Bisbing being a case. Um, wow, Kaz Mavericks versus Neil Magny. That's definitely one that we want. All right, what else do we got here? And here we go. Patty does his Pee Wee Herman dance, which he did. You know, the story last week with Patty the Batty not getting paid what he was really deserved. It, it's really a sad story. That's something that we really need to change. I'm still waiting for... Uh, I'm still waiting for, not Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul. I'm still waiting for Jake Paul or White Knight to come through with something special for us, man, because these fighters are not getting the money they deserve. Let these fighters have two sponsorships because if they're even limited to sponsorships, they'll get good money for those li for those tiny little stickers on their pants. You guys have the UFC octagon looking like a NASCAR. You have these fighters sacrificing everything while being told they can't have sponsors, but yet right before the main event as these fighters have prepared, they're sick to their stomach. They're about to have the biggest moment of their life. They have to hear about the new X-Men movie or Manscaped. Or Modelo. Like, give them one sponsor. Do something. We all complained about the Reebok deal, how, how Reebok wasn't paying them correctly. Something has to change. What's one of the things that you guys would like to see changed in the world of mixed martial arts? Um, because between the judging, open scoring's been a big thing lately, so... Let's get into our very last subject, our evil eye of the week. So this is cheers for another week. It's now April 2nd, 2022. This shot's for you guys. Ooh. Ooh, hoo, 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 oh, sounds wrong. Ugh. No, I'm just fucking with you guys. Evil Eye of the Week on Twitter goes to no one. I mean, it really looks like the community has toned down a lot on trolling a lot of people. And when they do troll, it's not this mean attacking fighter type thing. It's something the fighters can even get a laugh out of. Because remember, whew, at the end of the day, the reason I do this, the reason we tune in, the reason the fighters train for this, is to always learn something. 
is always take something and win or loss, um, whatever your eyes have captured, whatever emotions have been captured within you week after week, to look at the stories and realize these, these are just men, just like me, from all around the globe. We're more relatable than we are different. You got to respect that. Seeing these come-ups, seeing, seeing people put their balls out on the line. I mean, Max Griffin going to be against Neil Mack. He put his balls out for that fight. I don't think he was ready for that fight. But he put his balls out there. And he got his mind there. And he will work harder. There's tons of fighters like that. And it's the most beautiful part of mixed martial arts because it's real. It's not a show. And I think fighters need to start being a little bit smarter picking their fights. Make this last. Make this last. Be smart. And I know that sounds like such a stupid thing to say. But it's so true. If you want to get traded to Bellator... If Nate, if, if Nate wants to go to Bellator, let him go to Bellator. It's not a good idea for him to go there. We saw what happened with Benson Henderson. I was there for his... That was actually the last time I ever bought an MMA ticket. Um, and that was... April 22nd, 2016. Here we go, right here. Benson Henderson gets signed to Bellator. Takes on Korskov. He had Pitbull versus Corrales. Wow, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Six years ago. The very last time I ever, ever bought an MMA ticket to attend an event. Now, I want you guys to realize something about that and how important that is to me. Because what occurred that night changed my mindset forever. And it's something I hold important to me and I see within these other fighters when they step inside the cage. So in 2014 and 15, I was coming up, you know, trying to make my name in MMA with uh, Evil Eddie, Pure Evil MMA, working for, oh, what was the website? Oh, man. Uh, ProWrestlingAuthority.com, I believe. Then I started working for uh, Front Proof Media. I started working for the MMA UK. Uh, then I worked my way up to actually work with some of the best in the world over at My MMA News, which is top five. I, I, I'd actually give it uh, the number four spot and best. MMA websites of all time because they're not just covering the UFC. They're giving you the stories of the adventures of the fighters. Not just in the UFC and Bellator. Well, they are covering the crazy stories too. But it's art covering the regional scenes. Um, discussing things that other sites just aren't discussing. Aren't making clickbaits. Um, I'm, I'm guilty for clickbaiting a couple of times, you know, with my, my thumbnails or whatnot, but it's a, it's such a weird world, man, that we, uh, grow accustomed to. And if you hang around with dogs, you're bound to catch fleas, but 
Getting back to this, Bellator, let's see. Mohican Sun on Spike TV, brought to, <laughs> presented by Miller Lite. Korskov versus Henderson. Now, Henderson making such a name for himself off of the Showtime kick, uh, becoming UFC champ, uh, the toothpick in his mouth. Right, I think I even have a toothpick in my pocket because if you guys don't smoke, I recommend buying a, a box of toothpicks and throwing them in your mouth every once in a while. When you got the car going to store, you just want a toothpick. Uh, you you walk around town, you walk in your dog, it, it changes your voice, you start talking like a mob boss, and you're you, you become a little real. I don't know how it happens, but like once like once it's in your mouth, you just you just stop making orders, and I, I don't know what happens, man. But I really uh, I should make my own pure evil MMA toothpick. I don't know why Benson Henderson. Never did something like that. I should have caught him in on my deal. <laughs> but it's actually, uh, I brought these with me last night because it is badass. Think about it. You see a guy with a toothpick pumping his gas, looking, looking like, a, <laughs> looking like a gonzo like me. Probably tripping on acid, just smoked a blunt. He's got things to do, places to go, dreams to chase. And this is where it started, guys. Right here at this event at Bellator at Mohegan Sun. And I remember going there. I bought a ticket, I think it was $40. I bought one for me. <laughs> Look, I'm all I'm all pointing my toothpick and shit. I bought one for me and I bought one for my girl. And we went we went to Mohegan Sun. And what happened was the kid I started Pure Evil MMA with which I don't even think it was called Pure Evil MMA at the time. Maybe it was. I think it's even still on my YouTube channel if you go all the way back. There's even a couple episodes with uh, me and my ex-girlfriend, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, for me, a lot of you know that I've been doing media since I was seven years old, uh, interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin on air, on the radio. Uh, my dad's best friend was a, a big DJ down at KC 101 here in Connecticut, and it just inspired me. It changed my life. Reading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, playing sports my entire life, writing poetry, writing music, being a musician. And then, you know, during those years of high school, when the Ultimate Fighter was out, Bully Beattown was out, I mean, those years, watching the UFC. I mean, I even remember as a kid, what are you doing back there, King? I don't know if you guys can see King back there, but he's going crazy. I even remember when I was a kid and I ran out of watching all the WWF Supermanias and this and that. They keep they start coming out with tapes like Jackass and ECW or like backyard wrestling, bum fights and stuff like that. But you'd go into uh, Blockbuster, Tommy Case, and that was the first time me and my dad watched uh, a UFC event. And even till this day, my dad always brings up uh, Henzo Gracie. What are you doing, King? Always brings up Henzo Gracie. And one time I brought my sister to uh, a Bellator event. And as I'm walking out, 
from the Wendy's cop. As I'm walking out, who is it? It's always Gracie standing there with Vanderlei Silva. And I'm like, Gianna, oh my God, do you want a photo? Because my father was outside getting the car for everybody. And he didn't know that, because that, that's a bond right there. I even remember watching uh, Mike Tyson bite off the ear of Evander Holyfield. But in my mind, and this is the Mandela effect, I remember seeing them zoom in on the piece of the ear on the ground. And I was like, this is actually real. This is happening. And it was at my uncle's house, blah, blah, blah. But, all right, going back to this night with Benson Henderson. I get to my seats. Me and my girl, we get up there. And a matter of fact, Steve Domenico, oh, wow. This comes to a full circle, actually. Wow. Wow. This is not set up or anything. This is crazy. Or was it a different event? It might have even been a different event. But Steve Domenico was supposed to pick us up from uh, the train station. And my train station was, uh, my train was 20 minutes late. And he left me there. Th this was actually for a, a line fight. Zarina Bars versus Angela Whitley. That's what it was. Steve Domenico leaves me there. And then by the time I ordered an Uber and got there, he wasn't even fucking there yet. So it's like, some people are just real scumbags. Some people are just so fake. And they love typing, though. But to your face, you see them slither. And that's exactly what happened this night at Bellator. I show up there. I get my tickets from my, my past co-host, who I'm, I'm friends with now. His name was, uh, I called him Mateo. And during one of our podcasts, I think it was like episode two or something like that for Pure Evil MMA, uh, I started talking about Rampage and how I thought it was really the end of Rampage's career, which it ended up really being. And Rampage even blocked me at this point, which, you know, there's, there's no reason for that. I'm just giving my opinion. I respect your career. Uh, you you could do more than I could have ever done you're an amazing father but I'm just I was just giving my opinion because I wanted to know what everyone else thinks I was making my predictions this this kid throws a tantrum he storms off we didn't talk for a while the night of the fights he shows up with three of his friends I show up with me and my girlfriend I get my two tickets I go inside my co-host doesn't talk to me. He's sitting with his friends. Me and my girlfriend are like, this is just crazy. And I could tell that he was like, oh, Eddie thinks that he's going to be uh, on press row soon. And going to be doing this and doing that and getting all these big interviews. Because I was going to broadcasting school at the time. I was excited. I was motivated. It gave me life. It's been 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Been six years since I put a needle in my arm, actually, because of mixed martial arts. It's been six years since I put a needle full of heroin into my arm because I had nothing left to live for. 
I had nothing left to live for. Mixed Martial Arts, Rediscovering Mixed Martial Arts, Making a Twitter Account, Going to Broadcasting School, Having Radio Experience, Being the character I've always been, you know, between playing, uh, being on the all-star team for baseball, being the captain of the football team, while I'm wearing a polo and have a Nirvana shirt underneath, while playing in a metal band throughout high school. I've always been me. The only time I've been down is when people make me feel like I must conform. But all I'm doing is taking in the world, taking in the beauty and wanting to share that. That's what an artist does. And I made a promise that changed my life this night. And I remember going out with my girlfriend during a, a little break of the fights and I went off. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I know that he's, he's making fun of me. He doesn't think I can get on press row. Two months later, I was on press row at the next Bellator event. Where was my co-host? He showed up to the weigh-ins and he wanted autographs from his favorite fighters. I'm not in this for autographs, for photos. I'm in this for what I see as the true beauty in life of fighting. Because we can all get weak. And when we get weak, we can collapse. And it takes someone else to pick us back up sometimes. You know, growing up with my grandfather as a pastor, reading the Bible, read the Ten Commandments, I'm so confused at this time in life how people's brain works, why people are, are so selfish. If you can be anything in the world, why be mean? Why not be nice? Why not try to inspire? Why not try to create something beautiful? If there's anything negative going on, and you have grown over the years, put water under the bridge. Laugh about it. Because you know what? It's only going to hurt you. We're all just going to be ashen and urn one day. That's it. Chase something. But don't be selfish about it. Make your life have a meaning beyond what it means to you. But what it means to be alive. And try to paint that. Like one of my favorite Blind Melon lyrics. I know we all can't stay here forever. So I'm going to write my words on the face of today. And then they'll paint it. And with that being said, guys, this has been another episode of Pure Evil MMA with Evil Eddie. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves.